the name of the game in private equity is integration, being able to show that it's not just multiples arbitrage of adding companies to companies, but integrating them and performing and coordinating those business units and leveraging the strengths of each. And the way that you integrate is data. This is the ERP Organizational Change Journal podcast, brought to you by Nestle and Associates, a Newport Beach, California-based ERP organizational change management firm serving the private equity industry. The ERP OCJ seeks to share expertise, insight, experience, and research, and to create effective conversation to help guide ERP organizational change to real, measurable, and verified success. And now, here's your ERP expert and host, the founder of Nestle & Associates, Dr. Jack Nestle. Hello everyone, Jack here. Let's dive into the world of business intelligence, real-time analytics, and performance metrics as we explore the transformative concept of the dashboard effect. Our guest, a seasoned expert and founder of a leading business intelligence firm, shares valuable insights on how data-driven companies can foster a culture of ownership and strategic thinking. Designed to bring value to private equity and all stakeholders involved in ERP organizational change, this episode offers practical advice on adopting data-driven strategies, harnessing the power of business dashboards, and leveraging industry-specific BI solutions to accelerate growth and improve decision-making across the organization. In this episode, we will discuss Unlocking the Power of Data, the Dashboard Effect and Business Intelligence Strategies with guest John Thompson. I'm delighted to welcome a visionary leader in the field of business intelligence. Our guest is the founder and chief strategy officer of a top-tier business intelligence firm, Blue Margin, and he has helped countless mid-market companies accelerate growth by implementing the Dashboard Effect, and he happens to be the co-author of the insightful book, the dashboard effect. With deep expertise in real-time analytics, business dashboards, and data-driven strategies, our guest is here to share valuable knowledge that can transform your organization's decision-making and productivity. Please join us in welcoming distinguished guests from Fort Collins, Colorado. John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jack. Nice to be here. You bet. Uh, And thank you for joining us and thanks for your time. And I'm just delighted to share out some of your insights uh, with our listeners. But John, before we get uh, started here, can you maybe share a little bit more about yourself and and Blue Margin with our listeners? Yeah, sure. So uh, let's see, to go sort of pre-genesis of Blue Margin, my brother and I, who are the founders of Blue Margin, previously had a uh, venture-backed business that was around data analytics specifically for telecom um, among enterprise clients and uh, built that up to 30 some people and then attracted the attention of one equity partners, Bank One's uh, private equity arm and did a five company roll up. My brother was a CEO and we found that we spent about 50% of our time chasing down information to satisfy the questions that the board rightfully had around progress and plans and coordination and integration and so on. And also needed to get a picture for ourselves. How do we turn this five ring circus into something that has multiplicative value and not just sort of bolt on additive value? Um, So we went through that experience. It was interesting uh, right through the dot-com crash and so on, but but, uh, made a go of it nonetheless. Uh, We went through some other chapters in business and started Blue Margin in 2011, uh, really looking to help companies to use technology to advance their objectives, growth, profitability, and so on. 
And pretty quickly, our data analytics and data visualization routes came to the surface, and that's what companies wanted and needed most. And so we became exclusively a business or data intelligence company, and we've been doing that for the last 12 years. Worked with about 250 mid-market companies to date and uh, work almost exclusively now in private equity portfolios, uh, helping partners and deal teams and management teams to implement a data strategy that increases enterprise value, uh, expands multiples, uh, helps them to execute more predictably and proactively, intentionally, instead of reactively. Um, and so that's what we do. We work on the Microsoft stack, although we have no financial ties there. So we're always exploring things like Snowflake and Databricks and Redshift and seeing is there a better way to do things. Um, so that's always on the table. But that's the basics. Got it. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate that. Um, I'm very excited to have you on today because I know you have a great deal of expertise in, in helping uh, organizations become data-driven and creating data-driven cultures and, and supporting business intelligence. Uh, so your insight will be valuable for our listeners for sure. Listeners, all of us here at the ERP OCJ hope you find this podcast useful as we share lessons learned, discover best practices, and explore the human element components of ERP organizational change. Please stay with us till the end because John will give us his actionable golden nugget of advice based on today's conversation. Our conversations here on the ERP OCJ are built around the listen and learn approach, and that's when you apply what you've learned that you begin to move the needle forward. So let's dive in. And John, if I may, I really appreciate your work and, and that of Blue Margin, but I would like to, I'm, I'm going to break down some line of questioning for you. And I'd like to talk about the dashboard effect and Blue Margin. And then I want to ask you a few questions about building a data-driven culture. And then maybe uh, we'll wrap up. And I'd like to ask you a little bit more about the dashboard effect book and some of the lessons learned. Uh, yeah. I'd like to share some of that out with our uh, with our listeners. So my first question, John, is can you explain the concept of the dashboard effect and how can it help companies better harness their data? Yeah. So the dashboard effect is around the idea that data is really the brain of an organization. And, you know, like that uh, disproven adage that humans only use 15 percent of their brain, um, organizations really struggle to harness the power of their data. Um, and we'll get into some of the details of of how that's rapidly changing with this uh, ongoing evolution that seems to be accelerating in some of these tools. But all of that effort is toward the end point of rendering information for a human to consume. So you're touching the right nerves to help them prioritize where they should focus, align with the rest of the organization, uh, be able to be effective in executing rather than reactive to whatever's flapping and making the most noise in their office at any given time. So, so that's the idea. It's, it's human nature uh, to keep score really drives uh, motivation and performance. And when you do that as a team, that team accountability, um, emphasis on the word accountability is possibly the greatest motivator of humans. And so, so that's what we help companies to leverage. Yeah. So essentially, you take uh, and create objective data and, you know, through dashboards, KPIs, metrics, and you take that, which is sometimes can be objective and, and you make it concrete, you make it visible with meaningful data. And then from there, you create accountability. Of course, then if you can measure it, you can probably improve it and you can monitor, you know, your performance improvement. Yes. John, let me let me ask you this. Uh, you mentioned to our listeners, you shared a little bit about, um, you know, Blue Margin and, and kind of where that came from. But how did you come up with the idea for Blue Margin and what makes it unique in the field of business intelligence? 
What makes you can, yeah. unique from maybe your, your competitors? Sure. So we came up with the idea because we started out, uh, as I said, uh, helping companies to use technology to perform better. And we actually started with the Google productivity suite, which had been recently adopted by the LA police department and was gaining a head of steam. And so we began helping companies with that and found the translation between the Windows environment, which is 90 plus percent of offices, and the Google environment, uh, endlessly frustrating. Office 365 had launched six months earlier and famously had a fail during their live uh, their live launch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that actually speaks to uh, a new approach with, with Satya Nadella, the CEO there, of, of get things out and then iterate them. So they did the same with Power BI. But we help companies to implement Office 365, including, you know, Exchange Server, email, and so on, and SharePoint, which is your company intranet, your, your internal uh, web presence to share information and so on. And one of the things we did because of our history in analytics was on, uh, well, actually our one demo was our SharePoint site. And in our sales space of that SharePoint site, we had graphs and charts showing how our funnel was, what projected closes were against um, the goal, what the gap was, and so on. And as we showed that to companies, they said, oh, what's that? That's really what we need. And so we helped companies to build analytics into their SharePoint sites. And within about two years of that, discovered that that was by far the most acute and valuable need slash solution and became 100% data guys a guy uh, again. John, let's, um, I want to just dig a little bit deeper on that, but can you walk us through Blue Margin's proven process for helping mid-market companies become data-driven? Just in yeah. general, I mean, what, what is what is the the key to your success from a process, um, uh, I, I guess, view in terms of how you work an organization through yeah. uh, becoming more data-driven? What's that look like? Yeah, great question. So our, our history as PE-sponsored executives, um, our company that was 35 people was suddenly 500 people. And so we've been through that experience of what that's like to rapidly scale an organization through a buy and build model. Um, That gives us a really good uh, sense of the business strategy, um, the dynamics, the levers that you pull in that kind of environment to achieve a good return on investment. So when we work with a PE partner and they refer us to their portfolio and we start working with those companies, uh, we're not technicians saying, tell us what you want and we'll build a spec. Uh, we're more business consultants, one foot in, in business consulting, um, a bigger foot in the data side of things, that being our weapon of choice. And rather than tell us what you want, we're asking, what's the outcome we're looking for? And then we work backwards from there. What are the leading indicators and the points of influence that achieve that outcome, whether that's multiples expansion or better operational efficiency for higher margins or uh, market reach or whatever the case is. And then we do that sort of root cause uh, endpoint back analysis to say who, who influences that, what are their responsibilities, and what is their process for analyzing if they're on course or not, why they're on course or not, and what details they need to take action on it, and then begin to build out the data infrastructure and the visualizations for those personas to be able to have a second brain that keeps them uh, on top of things and proactive and successful and firm-footed rather than running around with their hair on fire. 
Uh, so that that business approach is is probably what makes us most unique. And then there's been some recent developments in how we approach a project that is a bigger emphasis on data integration upfront, um, less emphasis on the dashboard upfront, and then working backwards. And we can get into those details as you see fit. So, John, you know, as you'd mentioned, um, Blue Margin is in the private equity business. And so I want to ask you a question. And this is a question we we get uh, quite a bit. So I'll ask uh, you the same question. But how do you adapt your solutions and or your processes or do you or don't you uh, to different industries like healthcare, manufacturing, distribution, you know, commercial services, legal, manuf- whatever, whatever the case may be. What does that look like for you guys? And how do you answer that question? You know, because a lot of times, you know, some of these uh, PE firms, they tend to be focused on a specific industry or two. And so we'll get this call and they say, hey, you, you've got the proven methodology and the proven processes and the solution. But how does that vary? Uh, and will it vary w- within our industry? So. What's your response to that? Great question, Jack. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of variability from company to company, even within an industry, uh, whether that's manufacturing or you name it. Um, Having worked with quite a number of PE firms and portfolio companies, we've been exposed to the standard set of industries in PE, uh, you know, industrials and and technology and some private healthcare. So we've gotten some good reps in all of those and understand the the metrics that matter and things like that. But regardless, there is a unique business model, value creation plan, uh, leadership team, PE philosophy, uh, data sources, et cetera, for each and every company. And there's aspects to having a, an effective data strategy, you know, executing data transformation, if you will, that are generic and can be applied everywhere. And there are aspects that really need to be unique to that individual company. There's not a rubber stamp approach that we have found yet or anyone has found that we know of. But those those generic pieces that sort of apply everywhere is getting your data into one place. So into a data lake or data lake house, which those terms are almost annoying because they're thrown around as buzzwords. But suffice it to say, uh, getting all of your data, whether it's uh, Twitter tweets or PDFs or files from various transactional systems into one, one lake, one pool of data is a good first step because right away analysts from the company can begin to dig in and with basic queries can get to things. But the next step from there is to begin to address points of constraint in the business. So if that's sales or order to cash time frame or what have you, building on top of that data lake views into it that makes sense for that specific area you're wanting to have better clarity and visibility into. Those views uh, are called a semantic layer, semantic being the area of logic and language that deals with meaning. But setting aside that technical stuff, give uh, regular users, power users and executives and so on the ability to say, hey, I want to see our sales view or our sales reporting data model that's on top of the lake and be able to see all the tables and facts and dimensions that matter, Um, what the funnel is, what stage they're in, when they enter the the funnel, how long they've been in there, what the potential close is, what the percent odds of closing, and begin to ask questions and build reports, drag and drop style, whether in Excel or Power BI or Tableau or Click or you name it, to start answering those questions. So the custom work comes in at that level, really understanding uh, what data is there, is current, is reliable, 
And what are the insights you need to drive the organization forward? And are you defining those in a way that is most effective? And is the data structured to get to that easily? So there's a generic approach generally. There's a custom approach that applies to every company, regardless of industry. And uh, we've found that it doesn't require, you know, having spent 10 years in manufacturing to be able to help with the data. They have that expertise and we meet them halfway on the data side. Well, John, let me, uh, if I may, I want to slightly switch gears and talk a little bit about this idea of data-driven culture. So do you think that data intelligence is the next great differentiator in business? And, and, and would you say that most companies are failing to capitalize on it? So from a completely unbiased perspective, absolutely. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we do see through <laughs> data, data lenses, but it, there is no getting around a strong argument for data is the new oil that the name of the game in private equity is integration, being able to show that it's not just multiples arbitrage of adding companies to companies, but integrating them and performing and coordinating those business units and leveraging the strengths of each. And the way that you integrate is data. You know, if business isn't about being able to clearly see empirically, how are we doing? Uh, where are we doing well? Where are we not? Where are the risks? Where are the opportunities? And then being able to adjust your approach and your your prioritization based on that, I, you know, I don't know what it is. You could also say business is all about people or business is all about good finance or sales. Those would be arguments you could make. But undergirding all of that is the ability to see into those areas and measure is what we're doing working instead of we're not growing. Let's shift our strategy again from an armchair perspective and not really getting into the meat of what isn't working and why. So, yeah, I think it's it's the next revolution in business. And I do think that, you know, we see a filter because people get to us because they need help. But, you know, we've talked to thousands of companies. There are precious few that are really wired for data, really have mastery of their business from the numbers perspective. And there's quite a few reasons for that we could talk about, but that's that's our impression. Yeah. And, you know, John, when it, when it comes to data-driven culture, one thing is for certain, and that is that not all cultures, uh, they're, they're not all created equal, right? <laughs> no. So, um, how can data-driven companies create a culture of ownership where each employee is empowered with the visibility into performance metrics needed to drive motivation and strategic thinking? And as we talk about all the time on our podcast, this idea of the triad, people, processes, and technology, and the tech stack and the technology is one thing. But the people and processes to support your data and really making sure that you do get good business intelligence, that's a major piece of the data-driven culture as well. But what do you say about that? How do companies actually create these data-driven cultures so that employees are just more empowered and they have more motivation and they're more strategic in their thinking using the data? Yeah. You know, there's a shift that I think most companies have largely made from the top-down uh, sort of legacy approach to business. We'll tell you what to do and you do it. Employees today are as interested in having an impact and having agency as they are in salary and benefits. The concept of, of distributed decision-making from the book Team of Teams uh, is a good sort of outline of, of that approach where in Afghanistan, in order for them to be able to be effective on the ground, and I guess you could debate that, how effective were they? But um, it was impossible to have a policy from on high and have that 
distribute through the organization and get to tactics that really made sense in the moment, in the situation. Similar to businesses, uh, if you've got folks that are just doing what they're told, you're not leveraging their full capacity and they're likely to leave if they're talented people. So how do you empower them? It starts with the management team, the executives. You've got to give them good visibility into the six or eight metrics and the data behind it to, to give them the why and give some color to it that really define the health of their organization, their, their vitals for their business. Um, they have the biggest leverage in the company. You start there and then you land and expand. So if you've got all your data in one place and you've got that high level company scorecard, you begin to look at where can we get wins early for the lightest lift. And it's often in sales, sometimes in finance, often in operations. And you begin to build out those semantic layers, those reporting data models so that those teams, the analysts on those teams or just the, the manager can get the insights they want quickly. And ultimately, you're looking to uh, have at really every persona have a scoreboard, a dashboard as quality as the executive so they can see very clearly, here's my process for analyzing how I'm doing, why I'm doing well or not, and the details I need to take action on it. If you do that, then you give people firm ground there's not this vague and constant pressure to, quote, do better. There's not going home every day and feeling like, ah, I didn't get it done. If you're uh, on track to meet your bogey, then uh, there's some satisfaction. There's some ownership and agency. There's decision making. You begin to harness uh, more from your people because they have an ownership position for their area of the business, their own sub-business. And then that's coordinated through a shared view of the whole value creation plan in scoreboards and numbers um, so they can see how they're contributing to the whole. So that makes a big difference. Around our office, there's TVs in seven or eight places that have our key dashboards and everyone can see how we're doing on our growth goals and, and other things. Um, you see it when companies put good dashboards on the production floor. You can see it from, you know, some of those, those old almost mythic stories of, uh, I can't remember who the big magnate was, but walking into a steel plant and asking how many heats did we complete this shift? And and he's told by the foreman six. And so he writes a big six on the floor and chalk walks away. And the next day he comes in and there's a seven on there. The six is smudged out because that next shift came in and said, what's this six? Oh, that's how many heats they completed. Okay, we're going to beat that. You give people a goal. You know, they're, they're not likely to play a sport if there's no score. You, you, as beautiful as golf is, if there's not a hole, you're going to find something else to do with a goal. So, um, you know, that's that's what you're after. And it takes some time. It starts with the execs. Yeah. Yeah. You'd mentioned, John, my my next question I wanted to ask, which, you, you know, you in part answered, but, you know, it was what are some of the common challenges that you and your team have seen in companies that are trying to adopt a, you know, a data-driven approach and how do they overcome them? And, you know, you just mentioned here in that, in response to that last question, you know, some of these ideas, like you'd mentioned policy on high, right? For me, that yeah. doesn't exactly advocate for or endorse a data-driven culture. And this idea, you know, you'd mentioned uh, folks just doing what they are told, you know, so I, I would say those are certainly a couple of challenges, but then you shared with our listeners, you know, really in part, some ways to overcome those challenges and certainly, you know, I would say a shared view of value of the value creation plan, you know, and I, I think that that that's certainly one of the major pieces is just, you know, right out of the gates. Um, if you want to endorse and advocate for a data driven culture, 
people have to be aligned. They have to know what your your mission is and what your values are and and, and what that actual plan is uh, in which to accomplish that, right? So I thought that was um, a pretty good insight there. Um, do you yeah. have anything else you'd like to add in terms of, you know, some of the most common challenges that you see? And then how do you mitigate those challenges? Yeah, we see a lot of cycles wasted trying to align the deal team or the board on the PE side and the management team. A lot of time spent by the management team producing a manually <clears throat> created Excel spreadsheet slash PowerPoint for their monthly reporting and not really using those reports to drive their management of the business. Frustration on the PE side of just not having visibility. And, you know, one of the, the main hypotheses of our business, what we concluded after being PE sponsored execs and after working with 250 plus companies is that at the root of virtually every business challenge is poor visibility somewhere and probably true of marriage, <laughs> poor communication somewhere. So it, it starts there. So culturally, if you can get those aligned, PE firms are looking to be attractive to potential acquisitions by claiming, rightfully or otherwise, that they are in support, they, they're a value add. They understand the industry. They're good at helping to empower executives to be more successful. And if they're not aligned, they spend their time wringing their hands instead of empowering. Once you get that co-team, board and management team on the same page, it's much easier to spread that through the organization. On a technical side, I don't know if I'm answering ahead of questions. I apologize if I am. But the challenge that we see there is it starts with, like you said, uh, process. Um, a lot of times there's just a question of what are the data points we need to understand to run this business well? And do we have that data and is it reliable and is it current? And you can spend forever getting everything just so before you start having those insights. But we find that those insights come by early, quick and dirty dives into the data and showing here's here's what we're seeing. And and executives and, and VPs can say, no, no, that's not at all uh, the case or that's missing some key information. And that begins to get the ball rolling. The other thing technically is companies that say, okay, we need a, we need our data consolidated. We need better visibility. And it sounds like an IT project. They send it to IT. IT typically has a huge punch list of things they're dealing with and may not have spent years as a team working as a, a data intelligence, data management team. And so they apply their smarts and they begin to learn things and typically will put together a, an idiosyncratic platform for data uh, management and data analytics that then become dependent on a few people, not easily transferable, often arcane and wow. difficult to deal with. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's important, unless you have that team to have, and this sounds like I'm saying call me, which please do if you want to, but uh, to have some folks who have done it wrong a lot of times and figured out how to do it right and have a uh, repeatable, transferable, transparent, you know, understandable by the average human being data platform that then is scalable and performant and, and hardy, is robust and doesn't break. And the tools for that, again, are getting better and better so we can help a company spin those things up and work collaboratively with their analysts and their tech people so that they can take over more and more and own it in-house eventually. Yeah. Good points, uh, John. I appreciate it. And, you know, I, I appreciate your time. But before I let you go today, I have three more questions I want to ask. So yeah. if you don't mind, um, what inspired you to write your book, The Dashboard Effect, and what key takeaways can readers expect from it? 
Yeah. So at first it was a, a friend who had built a very successful consultancy on uh, executive compensation. And she said, we, we've got a book. It's, you know, got a certain thud factor. It's the most credible brochure you can have. Just have a ghostwriter do it. Don't read ours. It's embarrassing. And uh, so we said, okay, that sounds good. Um, and it quickly became apparent that that was not going to fit with our principle of transparency that we needed to actually say something that was important to us and meaningful and that we thought could really help. It took about three years to write as a result, certain amount of perfectionism in there. I don't know if you've written a book, but it was our first and, and it, it, it must have proofread it a thousand times. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was the, uh, to be real, the genesis. The key takeaways are understanding from industry leaders and business experts and not, not the guys at Blue Margin but those that really have authority uh, explaining how having dashboard scorecards, clear visibility into the numbers is the difference maker when it comes to profit margin, when it comes to growth, when it comes to company culture, um, when it comes to employee retention. We had one of our clients, we, we, after we finished putting tools into their tech's hands, they had thousands of people running around in trucks doing installs and maintenance and had a massive turnover, it reduced the turnover by 52%, not because they threatened people or added more um, salary or benefits, but because they gave them ownership and a, a scoreboard. You know, they're, they're athletes playing on a field with no scoreboard. They're going to yeah. wander off, and they were. So it, it's that kind of insight into here's the power of data and uh, here's how you can get there without it seeming like this is going to take you know, three years and a million dollars. It's not that at all anymore. In fact, it's rapidly progressing past that. We're pretty soon, we're seeing previews now, uh, the executives are going to be able to say, you know, show me my most at-risk clients. Show me the, the one factor that causes clients to churn or to uh, retain and get really good analysis in visual analytics and then be able to adjust with that natural language query. So some good things are, are coming up. Well, John, what would you say for companies considering implementing business intelligence solutions? Um, what advice would you give them to ensure success? Yeah. One of the keys that comes up almost every time is getting buy-in from stakeholders. Uh, it's difficult to get momentum without at least one, if not three strong executives saying, yeah, this, you know, if I had this kind of clarity and I could sit at my desk and understand what's happening, and not just have a thousand meetings and read a hundred spreadsheets, uh, that would change everything. So getting them a quick win inside of four weeks in a visual representation of some key area of the business and starting the foundation for building a platform that is a living, growing part of their business. So companies view sales and HR and finance and, and other things as sort of core pillars of running a business. They really need to look at data as uh, uh, one of those pillars that's not a set it and forget it install, yeah. but is a, a living, evolving part of their business. Uh, without it, it'd be like saying, we're going to put our, our budgeting and our forecasting in place and we'll revisit in 10 years. You don't do yeah. that. It's a constant right a constant uh, tool that you use to gauge and to direct. So you can get that quick win and at the same time, take a key data source, an ERP or a, or a Salesforce or what have you, very quickly in a matter of a week or two, 
load it into a data lake and build a quick um, uh, data model on top of that so that it makes sense to humans and give access to analysts to go even deeper and begin to produce some things, even if they're off, even if the data is incomplete or the metrics aren't perfectly defined, it drives that process. Invariably, people say, oh my gosh, if you can do that, now I got it. So, so that quick win and starting the foundation. Got it. So, John, this next question may be uh, closely related to the previous question and maybe maybe the same answer. But lastly, if you distill today's conversation, what is your golden nugget of advice for our listeners based on, on this conversation today? What's in a, maybe in a sentence or two to put you on the spot, what would you like sure. to leave with our listeners? What's that little nugget of advice? Yeah, it would be uh, rather than having an acute lack of visibility issue come up and then addressing that, reaching into the oncoming tide of data in your business and trying to pull out a point in time insight to step back and say, we need to make this part of what we can do regularly and is constantly updated and automated. So uh, let's address that acute pain point, but let's put in the first building block of a foundation without slowing ourselves down, without, you know, saying in, in 10 weeks, you're going to have some visibility, but immediately get some insight and think of it more programmatically or more platform wise rather than over and over and over uh, doing quick tactical fixes. Great advice. Uh, great insight. I appreciate that. Well, John, as we wrap up today's episode, um, I will quickly recap these key uh, discoveries and insight that you have provided for our listeners. You know, we discussed these concepts of the dashboard effect and how it can help organizations harness their data for better decision making and growth. We learned about the importance of fostering a data driven culture of ownership and empowering employees. And, you know, to implement these valuable insights, you know, consider evaluating your organization's current data capabilities and your, your organization's uh, data driven culture and exploring industry-specific uh, business intelligence solutions. So we encourage you to take these insights and put them into action to transform your organization and, and drive lasting success. So, John, thank you so much today. We really appreciate your work and, and, your, and your business, and you got a great team there. We appreciate the dedication to your practice. And, John, before I let you go, can you tell our listeners where they can get in touch with you and how, how they can learn more about Blue Margin? Definitely. Uh, folks can reach out to me directly at my email, John, which is J-O-N, there's no H. So J-O-N at bluemargin.com. I'm also on uh, LinkedIn and our book is called The Dashboard Effect. It's on Amazon. But if any of your listeners would like the digital and the uh, audio copy of that, I'd be happy to provide it, whether through you, Jack, or if they want to email me directly. And our podcast is also of the same name, The Dashboard Effect, on all major platforms. We're very consistent with that. And and uh, really work hard to address the pain points that partners in PE firms and executives of portfolio companies are struggling with. So I encourage you to take a look at that. Absolutely. Thanks, John. And we'll be sure to share all that out uh, on, in our show notes as well. Well, John, thank you again. Uh, really appreciate it. Be well. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon here. Thank you, Jack. Nice talking with you. You bet. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the ERP OCJ podcast. This podcast is intended as a forum to study, share, and discuss ERP organizational change successes and challenges. 
We discuss the people, process, and technological components of ERP organizational change by drawing on knowledge from extensive research, collaborative learning, and practitioner expertise and experience. We are incredibly grateful to have friends, colleagues, and mentors join us in our podcast as we seek to promote, connect, and foster relationships in the ERP organizational change community and contribute to its success by bringing research and practice closer together. We want to make sure this is the most useful and insightful ERP podcast you listen to, and we'd love your help in doing so by leaving us feedback and a review. A great place to do so is at Apple Podcasts. Just click on the Listen in Apple Podcasts link, then click Ratings and Reviews, and let us know your thoughts. You can get more info about the show, including show notes and episode highlights for this and all of our episodes by visiting nestleandassociates.com and clicking the podcast option. Please join us again next week as we discuss the latest ERP organizational change research, practice, and stories. And don't forget to follow us on social media, hashtag the ERPOCJ. Thanks again for listening. Have a fantastic week.